Bibles, Matthew chapter 9. We are in the Feast of the First Fruits. So from the time of the Passover, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all the way through Pentecost, which is in two weeks, we are in a stage in which the people of Israel would have been, they would have been laboring in the fields, they would have been reaping harvest. And it's into this passage of Scripture that Jesus kind of begins to speak to us. We, we know that Jesus' words are never frivolous and they're always on time. He never changes. He delights in his word. He loves the law. And it's in this moment that Jesus begins to speak to us as a church. The question for us as Downfield Mains is, will we be responding? Just as the early disciples responded to Jesus, are we responding to his word? And so I want to pray for us, and then we're going to kind of dive right in. Uh, Father, thank you for your word, which is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to kind of go down. It's, it's able to cut through, get into the marrow of our lives and change us. And so, Lord, we thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. The Feast of the First Fruits is a celebration it, it takes us back all the way to the book of Exodus when Moses comes down from the mountain carrying the two tablets. You, you'll remember that the Israelites had, had ended up at the base of Mount Sinai. They come down. The law is given by Moses through the tablets. But Moses isn't just carrying tablets. He's shining, glowing before the people of Israel. So much so, they throw onto him a cover. They can't even look at his face because he's been so much in the presence of God. And it's into that moment, into that context, that we see Jesus come down from the mountain in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. He begins to give it. He has given the law, the new law of God, that you should love your neighbor. And you should love God with all your heart. He has given him, them instructions. And then he begins to do ministry. And we see in, in Acts chapter, or, or I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter 8, before we get to 9, we see him having complete encounters with people. How many of you realize that ministry in the context of Christian faith is about people? Can I get an amen? amen. Anything outside of that is actually worthless because it's not our calling. Our calling is to share. Why? Because God so loved the world that what? He saved People. People matter to God. People are important to God. Every one of us in this place was made in the image of God and we have value. And it's into this moment that we see him touch a leper. We see him touch a centurion who would have been outside of faith and, and, and come in faith to Jesus, someone outside of Israel. We see a, Peter's mother-in-law healed, a Roman guard, or a, where we actually see demon-possessed people coming to Jesus and being freed, we see a paralytic and we see the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus comes down from the mountain and he deals with everyone who might be a naysayer and he proves himself again and again. But this time he's not just coming to the people of Israel, he's coming specifically to everyone. And he's saying, I am the new law. But there's something interesting about this new law. It's given at the time of harvest. Courtney and I and, the group and Ellie were driving up from York yesterday, and as we come through Penrith and we made our way up towards Carlisle, I looked off to the left and I saw combines in the field. And they were, they were just churning out 
the latest, uh, you could see the, all of the, um, I, I believe it was wheat, coming out through the combine into trucks, which were one truck, two truck, three trucks. And each of them had these kind of lanes in which they were going just as the combine was coming through. Why? Because we are in a stage of harvest. In Israel, this is the time of harvest. And right now, what, what they'll do as they celebrate is they bring in the first fruit of the harvest. That means the first of their labor. They bring it to the Lord. They offer it up to God. And so we can see in this moment that it's actually tax season in Israel in Matthew. And how do I know that? Well, Matthew was a tax collector and he's writing to us specifically about it. But the people of God are bringing their offering before the Lord. And this is the season. But guess what happens when we bring our offering to the Lord? God gives us a different perspective. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 17. After all these encounters, there's a kingdom shift. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can't the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrugged cloth on an old garment, for that garment will tear and be made worse. Nor do we put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskin will break and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they that put new wine into new wineskins are both preserved. Kingdom shift. If you want to change the world for Jesus, you need to have a different perspective. See, John's disciples show up and say, well, why aren't you doing the old thing? The normal thing, the thing that is the law, is that you have to fast at this time. And Jesus says, I'm with them. I don't need them to fast. I don't need to do that law. What they need to be doing is shifting their mind. And so what does he say to them? You don't put new wine into old wineskins. Why? Because they tear, they break apart. You put new wine into new wineskins. During the harvest, we get an opportunity to come to Jesus again and say, will you change my mindset? Because in two weeks, the Pentecost will come when the Holy Spirit comes and releases power to the church in the first century. And Jesus has said, you have to be prepared. And so for that 50 days in between, in that 40 days, Jesus has come and he's with them. In this instance, he's with them giving the new wine. Second thing is this, God allows us to take stock to reflect on what he's done. Look at verse 18. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, my daughter has just died, and come, lay your hands on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did the disciples. And suddenly a woman, who had a flow of blood for 12 years, came behind, touched the tallit of his garment, touched the tallit of his garment. Then Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And, and, and then he looks and he sees this woman, and he says, be of good cheer, daughter. The only person that can touch in a, in a, in a rabbinic way, the only people that can touch a tallit in the, is a member of the family. So he calls her in and says, you're my daughter. He doesn't call her, hey, hey, lady. 
He addresses her who she is. You are now a daughter. You are now a son. What happens? Well, verse 25, when the crowd was put outside, they went in, they took her hand, she erases from the dead. But here's what happens. The report of this went out to all the land. The report. You took stock and reflected. What is God doing in your life? What is God doing in your life? Are you reflecting about what he's doing in your life? Are you taking the time to think about what he's doing? See, the report goes out, but the report goes out in in reflection. Look at what he has done. We need to be a people who reflect on what God has done. When I think about the people inside this place, I think of Shona. Shona's not here today because she is presenting about African Inland Missions in Edinburgh. So she's been away. And when I, th- when I think about the various people who are serving the kingdom of God here in this place, all of you, you're all doing something different, but we reflect. And that's what we do during the harvest. We take in the harvest and we reflect on what God has done. The third thing is we reflect on our position before God. Notice what happens. God reminds us in 935, he says this, when he sees the multitudes, 36, he's moved with compassion because they look like sheep who had no shepherd. When he said to the disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Pray to the the Lord of the harvest. It is the season of harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send out laborers into the harvest. There's two types of offerings that we can give God, really, at the end of the day. There are two types with inside the context of, of Christianity as well as Judaism. One is the offering that we bring before the Lord, the first fruits of our offering, right? We, we, we labor for the Lord, And then we bring our tithes and our offerings to God. And we say, would you take this and would you do what we could only think, hope, or imagine with it? Would you multiply it for the kingdom of God? See, the only way that you can actually see laborers go into the harvest fields is by praying to the Lord of the harvest. And then what the Lord of the harvest does is he takes our ties our offerings and he multiplies it so that it might magnify so that more people would hear and know. That's why when we take up offerings periodically, we take up offerings to the Lord for for various uh, relief agencies. We take up offerings for missionaries. We take up offerings. and, And God takes those, our first fruits of our labor, and he He honors them. And that's exactly what he was doing with the early Jews. He was honoring them because they were obedient to bring their offering to the Lord. The second is this. We bring our hearts to God and our service to the Lord. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you what? You become a what? Servant of all people. And I think it's interesting and it would would be remiss for us not to realize that this message gets passed from one group to another to another group. By generation two of Christianity, you have a very clear-cut idea that the Word of God needs to go to all people. Pentecost in two weeks that we celebrate 
on the day in the first century when it did happen, tongues of fire came and rested upon the people. And what happened? They moved. They went forward. They changed. They, they, they realized it's time to go. In Acts chapter 13, we see this. No, there's no more clear place than Acts chapter 13. And we see it so clear. And here's what happens. In the church in Antioch, you have Paul and you have Barnabas and they're there. And they've been fulfilling the ministry in the area. And then they've got John Mark. Little Mark is with them. Barnabas' cousin. He's come along for the ride. How many of you have family in this church? You should all raise your hands because you're all family together, by the way. We're all a big family. He comes along for the ride. Now in the church, in Antioch, there's a certain prophet and teacher, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who is brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Where is the context by which ministry takes shape? Well, if we, if we realize ministered in this context is liturgy. Paul, Barnabas, and the church are gathered together and they are reading the Word of God. They are reading the Torah, the, the Nevi'im, the, the Oral Law, the Ketuvim, the prophets, and they are ministering for the Lord. And they're saying, hey, wait, we have something to do here. How many of you believe Downfield has something to do in this city? I should see everybody's hand up, by the way. We have something to do in this city. Sometimes we don't know what we should do, and this is why we pray, and we fast, and we think. And it's not up to one man, but it is only up to one man. They're praying and fasting to the Lord, and Holy Spirit... Notice I didn't say the Holy Spirit. I said Holy Spirit, because He's the third part of the Trinity. He is... God. He is Jesus. He is God the Father. They are one and inseparable. Holy Spirit said, now separate, set apart for me. The word for set apart is different in, in Greek because it literally means fence them in. How many of you want to run away from what the Lord tells you to do? You're like, I kind of have that Jonah tendency. I like to get going. I don't really want to do it. Ever have that moment? Where you're like, oh, God told me to talk to this person, but I don't really want to do that. Or God, God told me to buy this for this person and drop it off at the house, but I'm a little nervous, so I don't do it. Because it, what if I show up and it's inconvenient? Ever have that moment? And yet God says, I've boundaried you in. I've set apart Saul and Barnabas for the work which I've called them. And then laying hands on them through fasting, he sent them away. The Greek word for sent is, is, a, is a form of apostle. It's not literally a title. It's an action. How many of you realize your actions speak louder at times than what? Yeah, the things you do actually solidify and signal your faith. That's, so when you get involved in, in a group and you minister to one another, that signifies, ah, I'm part of this, I'm engaging. When you, when you serve behind the scenes in children's ministry or do something and you engage, it signals to everyone, ah, 
They're exercising their faith. When you decide, hey, someone in the city is in real need, and we need to get out there and get to them, and you actually do it, this is the Greek word for sent. You're sent. Take action. It's a Greek verb, and it literally means get out there. Now, what happens is a geographical change. So being sent by Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and they sailed from Cyprus. I want to tell you something. Between verse 3 and verse 4, there must have been a lot of conversations. It didn't happen instantly. They did go. But can you imagine? Can you imagine having a conversation? Where do we go? What do we do? See, it takes the body of Christ to come together to figure out, Holy Spirit, you're sending us. What do we do in the process? And where do we go? And how does this work? How many of you are in business? Are there processes that you have to do to get to the final outcome? Are there conversations that you have to have infinitum to get to the final outcome? See, we don't know what God is doing in us a lot of times. How many of you can attest to that? How many of you say, sometimes I don't know what the vision is. I'm just walking by faith and trust that he'll do something in me when I show up. That's faith. Faith is not having the answer. Faith is showing up and being obedient to go when he tells you to go. Now, why is this important? Because you can't have a harvest if you don't get up and take in the harvest. What intrigued me is all the number of trucks behind the harvester lap yesterday. And it really, it took a lot of men and women to actually bring in the harvest. And it takes a lot of men and women to bring in a harvest here. And we all have our part to play. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter if you're young. It doesn't matter if you're old. It doesn't matter. We all have a part to play in the whole kingdom of God being advanced. And in the process, we're going to lose people. I just want to let you know that. You're, you're wondering what I'm, where I'm going towards. Well, sometimes people who have been with us on the journey the whole way Eventually, they're gone. And I, I want to make this announcement because I know many of you have been praying. Yvonne's husband, Kenneth. Yvonne normally sits in this row right here. She is at home today with her granddaughter. Kenneth went to be with the Lord this weekend. And we really, really want to be praying for that family. Because we're all on a journey together. And sometimes... People go missing. We want to be praying for Brenda Dean today because Brenda was on her way here. She was scheduled to do Kingdom Kids and she fell in the shower and she's hurt. So we want to be praying for Brenda. See, but it takes all of us to do the ministry together to make sure that we're getting out to do the work. See, when Moses came down from the mountain, he handed them the word of God. And what did the people do? They started marching forward. 
when Jesus came down from the mountain, he handed himself to them the word of God. And what did the people do? They went marching forward. Because during the harvest, when Jesus said the laborers are few for the harvest, the next thing he did is he sent out his 12. And he said, don't take anything with you. Just get out there. And when you get to a city, bless that city. Let me tell you something. You are a blessing to the city. And for those of you who have been brought to Dundee, you are a blessing. You may feel like you're not right now, but let me tell you something. For those of you who I've met who have come to the city recently, you are an absolute God-sent blessing to us. You know why? You give me courage. You bring me encouragement. When I, even when I see your face, I'm encouraged. I want to ask, is there someone in your heart that you know you need to go minister to? That God has said, I want you to minister to them. I was praying about it today for my own life. There is somebody that God has highlighted to me specifically that I need to go and see them. I need to go minister to them. They're waiting for a Jesus follower to arrive. Is that you? Do you have someone? Because right now I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to ask everyone, to, if you're able, to stand. And, I, and we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to give us revelation, to give us power. Why? Because the harvest is plentiful, and you are a laborer into the harvest. And so as we celebrate the Feast of the Harvest this week, and I don't know about you, and I don't know how much you like to dance, but in Israel right now, they're lighting bonfires in the evening, and they're dancing all night long. Because God is such an able provider. Can I get an amen? And he is able to give you more than you think, hope, or imagine. He can give you anything you ask for. Ask, seek, and knock. So I'm going to ask you, if you stand, if you are able, um, if you are able, we're going to just pray. We're going to pray and we're going to open up, we're going to open it up to, to just praying for the next five minutes. And if that's you and you're in the, if you're sitting in your seat and you want to pray out, just pray out.